Amen. Well, the title of my message for you today is Carried to the Table. How many of you came to church wanting a word from heaven? Come on, you should come to church every Sunday expecting an encounter, expecting God to move in your life. If you don't come to church expecting God to move in your life, then what are you doing? Like every time I come to church, man, I am just hungry for God. I don't want to show up not hungry for God. I want to show up just ready for him to move. And I promise you, today you are going to be blessed. And the title of our message is called Carried to the Table. You see, you can be saved and still battle. See, you can love the Lord with all of your heart. And man, you've been coming to church for quite some time. But man, you still battle and you still struggle. And I'm not necessarily just talking about sin. I'm just talking about how you think of yourself. You know the Lord loves you and you love your church and people are kind to you and they cheer you up. But man, deep down, there's still a place in you that's just, ah, I really don't know if I'm qualified. I really don't know if I belong here. I really don't know if I'm worthy. I'm really don't, I, I really don't. See, you can be saved, but you can still be broken. You can be saved and you're still hurting on the inside because Jesus never promised that it would be easy. He just promised you that he'd always be there. And the title of my message is called Carried to the Table. We're going to go to the book of 2 Samuel chapter 9. And we're going to read the story of a man named Mephibosheth. A man that was lame, he was crippled, but yet the king favored him. Come on, that's good news. How many of you know you've been crippled before, you've been broken, you've been in a place where you didn't know how you would get, get out, but thank God he favored you. Thank God he favored you. So if you have your Bible, turn with me to the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 9, verse 1 through 13. David asked, is there anyone still left of the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Verse 2, now there was a servant of Saul's household named Ziba. They summoned him to appear before David, and the king said to him, are you Ziba? At your service, he replied. The king asked, is there no one still alive from the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness to? I'm going to stop right there really quick. I believe this morning that God wants to show his kindness to you. I believe this morning God wants to show his kindness to you. In verse 4, he says, where is he? The king asked. Ziba answered, he's at the house of Maker, the son of Emil, in Lodabar. So King David had him brought from Lodabar, from the house of Maker, son of Emil. When Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan and the son of Saul, came to David, he bowed down to pay him honor. And David said, Mephibosheth, at your service, he replied, and David said, don't be afraid, for I will surely show you, show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. Oh, I'm going to say something else really quick before we continue to read. You see how King David keeps saying, I want to show you kindness for your father. The great thing about the Old Testament is we can read story after story after story, but they'll always point back to this man named Jesus. You see, this man named Jesus came. He's the God of the universe. He, he's God who put skin and bone on and came in the most humble way possible, a baby. God came in the way we came in. But his mission on the earth was to show the kindness of the Father to his people. 
I love this because here's the king looking for someone to show kindness to. And I'm grateful today that Jesus was looking for me to show kindness to me. I'm grateful today that even in my mess and my brokenness and I didn't know which way to go, that Jesus showed the kindness of the Father towards me. And he made a way for me. In verse 6, when Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came down, he bowed down to pay him honor. And David, and Mephibosheth, David said, Mephibosheth, and he said, at your service. Don't be afraid, David said to him, for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will always eat at my table. Mephibosheth bowed down and said, what is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? Then the king summoned Ziba, Saul's steward, and said to him, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. How many of you know that when you get saved, God gives you everything that belongs to you? And then we're going to dive into that in a second. You and your sons and your servants are to farm the land for him and bring in the crops so that your master's grandson may be provided for. And Mephibosheth, grandson of your master, will always eat at my table. Somebody say always. Let's keep that up. Always. Now, Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then Ziba said to the king, your servant will do whatever my lord king commands his servants to do. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's sons. Mephibosheth had a young son named Micah, and all the members of Ziba's household were servants of Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem because he always ate at the king's table. He was lame in both feet. I want to talk to you guys today a message called Carried to the Table. I'm going to give you a backstory on this man named Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth was, was hurt as a child. He was shattered as a child. During the war of the house of David and the house of Saul, he was, he was carried out by a nurse, but yet the nurse dropped him and he was shattered and his feet became lame and he couldn't walk anymore and everything that could go wrong, went wrong. And I love the first verse of this scripture because here comes the king and he says, is there anyone left? I want to talk to some people this morning and ask you the question, have you ever felt left? Have you ever felt like everybody else is, is moving on, everybody else is doing well, but I just feel stuck? Everybody else is succeeding, but here I am in my mess and I just don't know what to do. Have you ever felt left? Well, I'm here to encourage you this morning because if you're in a place of where you felt left before, the good news is, is if you're left, you're still there. The key is this. If you're left, you still have breath in your lungs. If you're left, you still have a destiny. If you're left, you still have a purpose. I don't know if you're hearing me this morning. If you're still breathing and you are still alive, it doesn't matter what your circumstances look like, you still have a destiny over your life. You see, Mephibosheth was left, but yet he still had a destiny. He was still there. You see, if I'm left, I'm still here. I'm still kicking. I'm not dead. I'm still alive. And if I'm still alive, there's still a purpose for me. And we see as they bring Mephibosheth in, He's lame, he's broken, but yet the king says he'll always eat at this table. You see, I love that about Jesus because when we encounter the king and we give our lives to the Lord, we will always have a seat at his table. It doesn't matter how broken you are, how lame you are, 
how crippled you are. You'll always have a seat at his table. You see, Mephibosheth, he couldn't walk. He, he, he's, he's, not, he's not doing well. He's, he's broken. He, he's lame. But the king says, you'll always have a seat at my table. See, I can look at Mephibosheth and I can find me. Because the truth of Mephibosheth is that when he was dropped as a child, he was dropped, he was hurt. His life was changed forever because of what happened to him as a kid. And get this, what happened to him as a kid was the fact that he was dropped, he was hurt by someone he trusted. And the Lord began to speak to me this morning as I was preparing this message, and I'm going to ask you the question. What is it that hurt you when you were a child? What is it that happened to you years ago that's kind of shattered you? It's broke you. Who was it that you trusted that hurt you? Here's this boy with a bright future, but someone he trusted hurt him. And everything changed. Here was this boy with a future, but something that happened to him when he was a child changed everything. You see, I want to deal with some, some deep, stuff, deep stuff this morning. So I'm going to ask you as we continue this service, because we're going to have a time in the altar. We're going to pray, and we're going to believe that God moves on you this morning. But I want to ask us to get real with each other. Is that okay? Can we get real in this place? Can we leave our, our pride and, our, and, our, and our, our egos and everything in the chair and say, I might have been, I might have been going to church for, for 50 years, but God, if there's a place in me today... I want to respond. God, if there's hurting me today, I want to respond. Because see, where Mephibosheth was from is called Lodabar. Lodabar means a low place. A low place to me means depression, brokenness. He came from a low place. But the great thing is the king sent his servants to the low place. How many of you can testify that Jesus came to your low place? How many of you can testify that when you were broken and couldn't get up, Jesus came to your low place? I know I can. I remember it like it was yesterday. I didn't know which way to turn. Hated my life. Wanted to kill myself. I was in my lowest place. I was in my Lodabar. But yet Jesus came. And the story goes, <laughs> they carried him to the table. You see, because he was lame, he couldn't walk. So they had to pick him up and put him in his, ta- in his chair at his table. I'm not only grateful that Jesus came to my low place, I'm grateful that he carried me out of my low place. I'm grateful that not only he came, that he carried me out. You see, Jesus will never leave you in the place where he finds you. He didn't leave, the king didn't leave Mephibosheth in Lodabar. He brought him to the table. And the great thing about the table is this. And it's going to sound repetitive over and over because I keep wanting to put out his flaws. His flaws is the fact that he can't walk. He can't move his feet. He's shattered. But when they put him at the table and they scoot the chair up, what happens? You can't see your feet. Now, Now follow me right here. You see, when you're in the presence of the king, you can't see the things that are holding you back. You can only see the one pushing you forward. You see, when when he was at the table, he couldn't see his insecurities anymore. 
He couldn't see the things that were were breaking him. He couldn't see the things that held him back for years. He could only see the king that was pushing him forward. And I'm here to tell some people this morning that God wants to go to your load of bar. God wants to go to your low place this morning. And not only does he want to come, he wants to carry you out. He wants to step right into that mess. He wants to step right into the chaos. He wants to step right into all the pain. And he wants to pull you out, carry you to the table because you belong at his table. You see, Mephibosheth says, what what good is a dead dog like me? You see, he didn't even believe in himself. How many of you in this room today, God has marked you and called you, but you just don't even believe in yourself? Over and over and over, he's calling you to walk in his destiny. There's an anointing on your life. I feel it in the room. Some people, I've told you your whole life, you're special. God's going to use you. There's something about you. But yet you can't even believe it. You're in that same place. What, what's, what good is a dead dog like me? But God doesn't see that when he looks at you. You see, when God looks at something broken, he understands that he's the only one that can put it back together. You see, that's why his, his, his mindset was totally different than everybody else's with Mephibosheth. Everybody else looked at Mephibosheth and said, he's going to be like this. He's just broken, no good. But God looks at him. The king looks at him and says, oh, no, 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 no. We can use him. Aren't you grateful that when you're in your worst season, when you, when you are just acting a fool, when you don't know what to do, when you're hurting, when you're in your load of heart, that God can look at you and say, I can use them. You see, I love this because David, if you don't know the backstory of the house of David and the house of Saul, Saul despised David. The Lord anointed David. Couldn't stand the dude. But I find it so intriguing that here David is blessing the grandson of Saul. He's blessing his enemy's grandson. He's giving him everything that belonged to his family. And the Lord began to challenge me this morning to really make you think. Think about your enemies. Who has nagged at you? Who, who is that person that you just can't see eye to eye on? You always, you just always just bump heads. You just don't know what to do. You just don't, you'd rather never see them again. But God's calling you this morning to bless him. God's calling you this morning to do something kind to him. You see, I'm so moved by this because David is blessing the family of someone who hated him. God's calling us today to bless those, to love those that don't love us, to bless those and love those and do things for others that they might never do for us. See, that's the key to blessing. That's the key to breaking through is when you go to your enemies and you bless your enemies as if they're not your enemies. You see, today, before we can sit at the king's table, we got to make sure we forgive people. And when I go back to how Mephibosheth was dropped and I see all these things, I begin to look at our lives in the room and I even looked at my own life and I said, Lord, where is it in my life that I need to backtrack and forgive somebody? 
Who hurt me when I was a kid? Who left me? When was, when was I broke? What happened? Lord, I, I know there's somebody I have to forgive. I, I know there's something that I have to let go. I, I know there's something in order for me to move on and, and, and walk in what you've called me to walk into. God, I have to do something. And this morning I'm asking you in the room, what is that place that happened in your life? What is that place that when you look back over it, you say, that's where things got rough? Whether you're 10 years old or you're 90 years old, what happened? We all have that moment of where things got tight. Things got hard. Where is that place? Who hurt you? What happened? And this morning I'm charging you to forgive them. And I'm not charging you to forgive them for them. Some of them, you might say, they don't even want my forgiveness. Forgive them for you. Forgive them for you. Let them go. Don't hold on to it anymore. Don't hold on to what hurt you. Let it go. You see, because when Mephibosheth is in the presence of the Lord at the table, his past is is let go. And his future is, now I have servants. Now I'm in the kingdom. Now I have a place. You see, when the blood of Jesus bought you, when the blood of Jesus came on you and you made him the Lord of your life, I'm here to tell you, your Lodabar, your Lodabar is the past. And your future is royalty. You're a royal priesthood. But this morning, church, we got to let go of our low place. We got to let God walk in and carry us to the table. Because if you don't let God carry you to the table, you can't get to the table. Mephibosheth could have never walked to the table, could have never got himself to the kingdom. He had to be carried. We can't do this life without God. We can't do this church thing without God. We can't do this parenthood thing without God. We can't do relationships without God. We can't live without God. Church, you got to let them carry you to the table. Because if you don't let them carry you to the table, you'll never get to the table. And you'll never get the life that he had for you. You see, because all of a sudden when Mephibosheth is at the table, now he's launched into his destiny. He's now found the place that he he will always belong. He's now found the place where where it's now his home. This is where he's supposed to be. And today, this morning, God's wanting to get you to the table so you can see your destiny. Today, God's wanting to pull you to the table so that you can see who he's called you to be. So that you can see everything that he's promised you, promised your life. And then, and get this, then he'll tell you that you can have it. That's what he told Mephibosheth. That's what the king told Mephibosheth. You can have it. It's yours. And we're Mephibosheth. And King David represents the Lord. He represents the King Jesus. And how he welcomed the broken to his table. 
I'm going to say again for the millionth time, aren't you grateful that God welcomes the broken to his table? Aren't you grateful that even though we're lame, even though we're crippled, even though we've been through a lot, even though we're from Lodabar, a low place, a place of depression, a place of where most people don't make it out, aren't you grateful that he said, I'll carry you to the table? This morning... I am believing with all my heart that today you find your seat. Because when you truly find your seat at the table, man, there's no more questioning. There's no more doubt. When you find your true seat at his table, the place that's promised to all of us that are born again, when we find our seat, we find out who we are. When we sit at the table, just like Mephibosheth, he couldn't see his feet. He couldn't see his insecurities. He couldn't see the things that were holding him down. When you're at the, t- the table of the Almighty, when you're in the presence of the Lord, you'll not be able to find the, the things that bring you down anymore. When you're in his presence, you'll not be able to find the insecurities When you're in his presence, you'll not be able to find the things that people said about you. It's all gone when you're in his presence. You only see the one who pushes you forward. You only see the one who loves you. And then you only hear from God. You see, it took hearing from the king that changed Mephibosheth's mindset. It took hearing from from the king that changed his train of that changed his train of thought. This morning I'm going to ask you to get in the presence. I'm going to ask you to come to the table because God wants to change the way you think about yourself. God wants to change the way you look at yourself, the way you look at your family, the way you look at your situation, and he wants to talk to you about who he says you are. And God looks at the broken and the crippled. And he says, oh, I can do something with it. God looks at the broken and the crippled and say, oh, they belong. God looks at the ones that have been through, been through hell, that have been through every circumstance you can imagine and say, I can use that person. He might not be able to walk, but I'll carry him. <laughs> let that sink in for a second. He might not be able to walk. Oh, but I'll carry him. That's the God we serve. That when we get involved with something that is way over our head and we don't know what to do and we are stressed and we are at our breaking point and we're like, Lord, I just don't know. Thankful, thankful, thankful that God looks at that and he says, oh, they might not be able to walk, but I'll carry him. I'm grateful that when I was a drunk and I was addicted to drugs and I didn't know what I could do and I just wanted the next high and I just wanted to get drunk again and sleep with the next girl and I was broken that God looked at my mess and said, I'll carry you out, son. He might not be able to walk. He might not be able to crawl himself out of this one, but I'll go in and get him out. 
That's my testimony. What's yours? I'm here to tell you today that God will walk into a marriage that's falling apart and he'll grab you and he'll grab your spouse and he'll say, I'm going to carry them out. I'm going to get them through. God will walk into your circumstance when the doctors are saying you're dying and there's no hope and he'll say, I'll grab them. I'll carry them and I'll get them through. What is it that you're going through that you need the king to come up and say, let me carry you? Let me carry you to the table. You see, a lot of us are dealing with that pain that happened to us a long time ago. You've come to church every Sunday. You've lived the life. You're friends with the pastor. You hunt with the pastor. Man, you're just marking off the checklist. You serve food pantry all day. You're on security at the church. You usher. You greet. Man, you are just doing it right. You love God. You love church. But yet there's something on the inside of you that happened to you a long, long time ago that you've just shut up. You've just tried to to put it away, throw it away. I don't want to talk about it. I love God. I don't want to talk about it. He's been good. He's been great. Yes, he is. But God wants you to talk about it. Oh, he's been so good. He's held me. But you best believe that God wants you to talk about it. Tell him what happened. He already knows. Just tell him. See, he's already got the medicine. Just tell him. He's looking for some people that will go deep inside the archives and Pull out the pain that happened when they were a kid. Pull out the pain that happened in that previous relationship. You see, you're serving in church and you're loving God and you're doing all the right things, but then you're questioning why your marriage is the way it is. And you're questioning why you talk to your kids and your kids talk to you the way they do. And you're questioning why work's been so stressful and you, you can't seem to find good relationships and good friends and yeah, but you're going to church and you're doing the right things and you're there, but it seems like everything else is falling apart. It's because you've not dealt with something that happened to you a long, long time ago. You see, your marriage is at a, a standstill. It's hard because you didn't fix, you didn't make right what happened in your previous marriage, your previous relationship, and it's flowing over into your current. You see, your, your relationship with your friends are in that weird place because... One of them said something to you years ago that absolutely derailed you, but you never told them about it, and it's never really got better, but you're just going through the motions because you didn't deal with something that happened years and years ago. See, I love this message because it's this message that, in a revival, 90-year-old man comes to the altar, loves the Lord, but has to talk about what happened to him years ago. What is it, church? What happened to you? Because God's here to carry you out today. Who hurt you? Who did you trust? Who shattered you? God's here. And He just wants you to be honest. And as soon as we're honest, Oh, he'll put it back together. As soon as we're honest, 
Let's say, take a seat. You belong here. You'll eat with me forever. This is your place. This is your home. I'll give you the blessings that you deserve, the blessings that were promised to you. But man, we got to look back and we got to be like Mephibosheth and we got to find that moment where we were shattered. That moment that we were hurt. And we got to be vulnerable to God today and say, Lord, I've loved you with all my heart for a long, long time. And I still do. But I'm hurting. And let let the great physician do the work that only he can do. Let him carry you to the table. Let him this morning pick you up out of your Lodabar. Pick him, pick you up out of your low place. Pick you up out of your depression. Pick you up out of your circumstance and carry you to the table. I've loved the Lord my whole life. He has been everything to me. Everything to me. If I lost everything, but I have Jesus, that's enough. He has been my everything. But if I'm going to be truthful with you this morning, I've been in some low places before. In the middle of church, in the middle of revival, in the middle of serving, in the middle of giving everything, I've been in a low place. And God had to come into my circumstance and not just visit me. He had to carry me out. Who are you today that, need to be, that you need to be carried to the table? Because the table is where you belong. The table is where you belong. In his presence with him is where we belong. It's where we'll always be. And I love this, I love this, I love this, I love this. That God loves us so much. He loves us so much. Just get this, follow me right here. That he's willing to walk the path. Let that sink in. We have buried and buried and buried and buried and buried pain and buried things so deep down that not even your mama and your daddy know. You're the only one that knows about it. But God loves us so much that he will walk the long path to get to you. He'll walk through that storm, and then there's another storm, and he'll walk through that one too. He'll walk through that storm, and then he'll see another storm, and he'll walk through that one too. You see, he loves you so much that he will get to you because he came into the house and he said, is there anyone left? He was looking, the king was looking for someone to show kindness to. He was looking for someone to carry out. Is anyone left? Is anyone left? I'm here to tell you this morning that God is looking
So are we going to let him carry us to the table? Are we going to let him put, a, put us in the, in the seat and dine with him for eternity? Are we going to be able to accept what he's trying to give us this morning? I know you might say, well, I don't belong. But thank God for the blood. I'm not worthy. But thank God for the blood. I don't deserve this chair. But thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood.